Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll put a wrap on the corn harvest with Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. Also, we'll talk about wild boars and up first in today's country comment, we'll have details from the MFGA Regenerative Agriculture Conference taking place this week in Brandon. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Manitoba Forage and Grasslands Association is hosting its Regenerative Agriculture Conference this week in Brandon. One of the keynote speakers was Kim Cornish with the Food Water Wellness Foundation based in Alberta. We have been working on a method for measuring and mapping soil carbon sequestration. And so it's it's an exciting project given that a lot of producers that are starting to employ regenerative agricultural practices are seeing shifts in their in their soil carbon and they're seeing their organic matter increase. And so they're able to take atmospheric CO2, which is obviously an issue, and uh, and put it in their soil where it's helpful and we're looking at a system that hopefully can also get producers paid for that kind of work that they're doing. So this would be um, I guess a way of coming up with a with a concrete number then or? Exactly yes and we can track it over over years to see how it's changing. All right and uh, I guess tell us a bit more about how you know how the system works or, or the kind of work that you guys are doing. Um, we're using a machine learning algorithm to help uh, really hone in on where we need to be sampling. And then we're able to um, pull in remotely sensed data, satellite imagery, and baseline data to um, give us the most accurate map of, of where the carbon is on a farm scale and to quantify what that carbon stock is. And would this be, uh, I guess, new for, for Canada? Is there anything else like this right now? or? Um, I think for the most part it is new. We're working with a, a team out of the Netherlands that has been, is kind of one of the world leaders on this to, to bring it to Canada. Are other parts of the world um, using this type of system? Are there other areas that have used this? or there is, There's some work being done in Australia and definitely work that's being done in Europe. How long is the project going to last year? Our pilot project in Alberta will wrap next year, so we'll have two rounds of sampling, but we're optimistic that we will get another um, tranche of funding and be able to go for the next five years. But we are looking at ways that we could be able to expand it into Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Any thoughts on how regenerative agriculture will, will help in this regard? I think it's really considerable. We there The methods that carbon is actually going to stay in the soil really requires that those pre- those fundamental principles of regenerative agriculture of, of keeping as much green living root and green growing as much of the year as possible and having diversity in the system and keeping cover on the soil and, and then even potentially integrating animals. And I think that that has, we're not going to see, uh, we're not going to see changes that are worth measuring unless we take a regenerative agricultural approach. That was Kim Cornish, Executive Director with the Food Water Wellness Foundation. 
based in Alberta. She was one of the keynote speakers this week at the MFGA Regenerative Agriculture Conference taking place in Brandon. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The Canadian Crop Hail Association says extremely damaging storms resulted in near-record claims for farmers across western Canada in 2021, despite a decrease in overall storm activity. Here's President Scott McQueen. Saskatchewan uh, was was the hardest hit uh, with a loss ratio of 134%, uh, which is uh, a quite significant jump um, from 2020, where we saw a 65% loss ratio. Alberta uh, came in second place, I guess, with a 97% loss ratio. And Manitoba, we uh, you know, we had a positive year uh, out that way with a, with a loss ratio of 26%. Insurance payments to prairie producers will total more than $322 million, an amount not seen since 2008. And Manitoba's pork industry is once again dealing with an outbreak of the PED virus. Cam Dahl is general manager with Manitoba Pork. He spoke with us on Monday. On October 25th, we did have our our first case identified. Um, And since that time, we have had more cases come in. We're now up to seven confirmed cases of of PED, but I, I do expect that number to go up a little bit. The cases aren't just confined to one geographic cluster, and they're not just confined to one ownership group or one or two ownership groups. So they're spread out geographically and, and they're spread out through the industry. So we, we are considering this an outbreak. Dahl is encouraging producers to review their biosecurity protocols and to make them as strong as possible. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, November 17th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll chat about the problem of wild boars. Year after year, wild pigs continue to be a problem across the prairies. Golden West reporter Catherine Ludwig chatted with Mark Ferguson, general manager of Sask Pork. So a group of wild boars is called a sounder. Would you say sounders are still a prevalent issue in Saskatchewan? Well, for sure. We are aware there's... uh there's feral wild, wild pigs present in the province, and uh, but the extent of the problem and the exact locations of the pigs are something we continue to work on uh, provincially. And you know, the first thing I think it's important to note that uh, that wild boar are not native to Saskatchewan; they're an invasive species and uh, and one that is in the public interest to eradicate as soon as possible. Um, you know, feral wild boar and domestic pigs escaping or being released from farming operations is probably what, what started the problem, and it continues to be a problem today. They can damage private property and have a serious impact on native plants and other animal species due to their feeding habit, feeding habits and their reproductive capabilities. So they can also carry viruses and other diseases that can be transmitted to domestic pigs and other livestock. And one serious issue uh, that, that other countries are finding is with a disease called African swine fever. And so in, in Germany and, and other European countries, it got into the wild population. And uh, not, and then it's very pop, very difficult to eliminate it. So. For, the, for these reasons, uh, pork producers are quite concerned about the wild boar population in the province. I'm chatting with Mark Ferguson, General Manager at Sask Pork, and we are talking about the prevalence of the wild boar population in Saskatchewan. Are you able to give me an estimate of how big the population in the province is now? 
Well, the population size and estimating that is one of the big problems because it's they're a really uh, difficult animal to track and to find. And so, you know, uh, one of the things that, that we encourage people to do is when they do see a wild boar out in in uh, rural areas is to report that to uh, to one of the various places that are available to do that. So we, we run a hotline, uh, 180 uh, Pig Spot, and you can also report uh, report them to your uh, local crop insurance office. And uh, wh- when those reports come in, the, the follow-up action that's taken is that uh, um, there, there's an eradication program that crop insurance runs, and they have people go out and verify that the animals are there, and they remove them when they find them. But, uh, you know, generally, uh, we... We don't see that many reports. Uh, most of the, the population that we know of is in northeast Saskatchewan in around the St. Brew area, and uh, we don't have, really have confirmed pockets outside of that right now. So that's our, our experience and, and crop insurance's experience on the, uh, on the locations and the, uh, the size of the population. Has this year been more slow for reports than previous years? Actually, we just started. Uh, we just started our hotline last year, so it's it's been about uh, about normal. But crop insurance has been been taking reports of wild boar sightings for for many years now. Uh, we understand that they've removed about uh, 500 in the last couple of years, and uh, so I mean the the trapping efforts are ongoing. Um, but you know the most important thing or the most important message that that we would like the public to know about is if you do see one please report it and then we can deal with the problem i'm katherine ludwig and that was mark ferguson general manager of the sask pork group we talked about the wild boar population in the province recreational hunting of boars is not encouraged as it can make tracking and eradication of the invasive species much more difficult instead there are professional teams that will respond to the reports of sounders a group of wild boars and then professionally handle the issue i talked with darby warner executive director of the saskatchewan crop insurance corporation He oversees the investigations from Sounder Reports, and I asked him what the investigation looks like. So what we find, we we contact uh, whoever reported the information to us. So if there's contact information, that's where we start. So we try to uh, get some information about the exact location where they were spotted. Uh, Some of that work ends up being talking to the neighbors around there. So uh, in recent reports, we've had uh, five or six recent reports that all turned out to be domestic pigs that had escaped from somebody's farm. Domestic pigs were were uh, outside of a fence and they were reported as feral boar. That's a concern for us because uh, domestic pigs can become feral. They can live in nature just like the, like the wild boar that we're trying to deal with. So that is a concern for us. So then uh, once we, once we uh, finish those interviews, we'll... Uh, Get the get a trapper involved if the pigs are on site someplace, and the trapper would go in and remove those animals. People are encouraged to report any sightings of boars to the Sask Pork Group at one eight three three Pig Spot, or people can call the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation directly at one eight 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 nine three five zero zero. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.
Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Hemp Trade Alliance annual conference takes place today and tomorrow. That'll take place online at hemptrade.ca. The Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference takes place November 22nd and 23rd, and the Association of Manitoba Municipalities is holding its fall convention November 22nd to the 24th. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, joining us now is Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance to put a wrapper on the corn harvest with the recent snowfall. I think that we're pretty well wrapped up. I have a feeling there might be a few acres still standing but that was probably just a matter of of timing for the producers and we'll get off hopefully any tall crop like corn and sunflowers are still able to be harvested in in the snow of course it makes it more difficult but possible and sunflowers those are those pretty much got wrapped up as well or yeah i I don't think that there's any standing sunflowers left that could be wrong as far as corn i guess overall how do things turn out overall i I, I honestly haven't heard anything for the past couple of weeks, I'd say, since um, definitely since the snowfall anyways. Um, we'll learn our, our provincial average yield in, I think, February when that data comes out. But, I mean, I'm not expecting it to be high, obviously, but I still think it will be a respectable number in comparison to past years. Like, I don't think it will have dropped as much as we expected, mostly because a lot of the really poor acres um, we're potentially taken off for um, alternate use, so we don't get those numbers. Um, but that would that would be the biggest um, draw to that declined yield, I guess. Is there a lot of drying going on? I would expect that anything that um, had gotten off before the snow fell will be probably dried by now. Um, there might be a little bit of um, just air on it, obviously, but... It was so warm. That was uh, those last few days before the snow. So I think drying would have been easily completed. Any final thoughts on the year or, or thoughts heading into next year? I mean, I think that this year ended up okay. I think it was a lot better than we had expected it to be. It was a pretty scary situation this summer um, with all crops, obviously, not just the special crops that I deal with, but. Um, I mean, obviously, the snow right now is very welcome. It's too bad it didn't fall more as rain, I think. Um, that would have been a little bit more beneficial. But hopefully it keeps on falling and we can actually restore something. But we need a lot of feet of snow to restore what we're missing. Flax, how did that uh, turn out? Flax was not great this year. There were some really great fields that I got to look at. But I think everybody, um, no, I shouldn't say everybody, a lot of producers were generally disappointed with how the flax fared in the drought. That was Morgan Cott, an agronomist with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Pork says as of Monday, there have been seven confirmed cases of PED in the province. The first case of the year was identified on October 25th. General Manager Cam Dahl says the cases are spread out geographically and the majority are not related, which is why they are considering the situation in outbreak. Really do encourage producers in all parts of, of the province to sit down with their employees and, and go over their biosecurity protocols. The way we contain this and, and prevent spread is, is through strong biosecurity measures. So so go over your biosecurity measures, enhance them where you can, because that's the way we're going to control the control the disease. And, and you know, one of the reasons why uh, we do have an outbreak, but to date, it's not as severe as we have experienced in the past. 
He notes PED usually flares up in two-year cycles. There were over 80 cases back in 2019. The Canadian Crop Hail Association says what looked to be an average storm season at the start resulted in record high claim payments. President Scott McQueen notes the industry's claims payments were up 78% compared to the five-year average. We paid out uh, $322 million across Saskatchewan, Alberta, Manitoba. That's the highest amount I think we've had since 2008. Uh, so, so quite a long stretch uh, since we've had numbers approaching the $300 plus million range. Producer premiums totaled more than $309 million for an industry loss ratio of 104%. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have details from Roquette's brand opening. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.